Welcome to Reading the One-Year Bible Together, a daily podcast that runs Monday through Saturday. My name is Bryce Tomlinson, and I'll be joined by Sherry Atanasal, and on occasion, my lovely wife, Julie. If you don't have a One-Year Bible, you can get a reading plan at oneyearbibleonline.com. There's a link in the description of this video on Facebook, and as well as the show notes of our podcast. This podcast is recorded from Jitsi, where we do our live streams daily. Details can be found in the show notes as well as on our Facebook page. You're welcome to read out of whichever version of the Bible that you like best. We just happen to use the World English Bible because it's public domain. And as such, this podcast and its corresponding live stream are also public domain. You're welcome to download them and re-upload them anywhere that you see fit, anywhere that you think that the Word of God is needed. We feel like that's pretty much everywhere, so you should totally do that. And even if you can't, you can still hit that share button, share this on your timeline, share this on your Facebook, your Twitter feed, your TikTok, or wherever you think that people ought to be getting into the Bible. In the show notes, you'll find links to PayPal and Patreon, where you can show your support and contribute to the improving of our audio quality and the audio gear that we use to record these podcasts and live streams. Thanks for joining us, and here we go. Today is July 31st, and that means it is day 212 of the one-year Bible. Day 212 is going to start us out in 2 Chronicles chapter 29. So if you want to get turned there, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for our time together, for your word, for this fellowship, for this podcast. God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would live in us and breathe through us. Give us a proper understanding of your word today. Help us to interpret it and to discuss it and be fruitful in your word today. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, Second Chronicles chapter 29, starting in verse 1. Hezekiah began to reign when he was 25 years old, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did that which was right in Yahweh's eyes, according to all that David his father had done. In the first year of his reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of Yahweh's house and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the wide place on the east and said to them, Listen to me, you Levites, now say Sanctify yourselves, and sanctify the house of Yahweh, and carry the filthiness out of the holy place. For our fathers were unfaithful, and have done that which was evil in Yahweh our God's sight, and have forsaken him, and have turned away their faces from the habitation of Yahweh, and turned their back. Also they have shut up the doors of the porch, and put out the lamps, and have not burned incense, nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. Therefore Yahweh's wrath was on Judah and Jerusalem and he has delivered them to be tossed back and forth, to be an astonishment and a hissing, as you see with your eyes. For behold, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with Yahweh, the God of Israel, that his fierce anger may turn away from us. My sons, don't be negligent now, for Yahweh has chosen you to stand before him, to minister to him, and that you should be his ministers and burn incense. Then the Levites arose, Mahath the son of Amasai, and Joel the son of Azariah, of the sons of the Kohathites, and of the sons of Merari, Kish the son of Abdi, and Azariah the son of Jehalalel, and of the Gershonites, Joah the son of Zima, and Eden the son of Joah, and of the sons of Elizaphan, Shimri and Jewel, and of the sons of Asaph, 
Zechariah, and Mataniah, and of the sons of Heman, Jehuel, and Shemi, and of the sons of Jeduthun, Shemaiah, and Uziel. They gathered their brothers, sanctified themselves, and went in, according to the commandment of the king, by Yahweh's words, to cleanse Yahweh's house. The priests went into the inner part of Yahweh's house to cleanse it, and brought out all the uncleanness that they found in Yahweh's temple into the court of Yahweh's house. The Levites took it from there to carry it out to the brook Kidron. Now they began on the first day of the month to sanctify, and on the eighth day of the month they came to Yahweh's porch. They sanctified Yahweh's house in eight days, and on the sixteenth day of the first month they finished. Then they went into Hezekiah the king within the palace and said, We have cleansed all Yahweh's house, including the altar of burnt offering with all its vessels, and the table of showbread with all its vessels. Moreover, we have prepared and sanctified all the vessels which King Ahaz threw away in his reign when he was unfaithful. Behold, they are before Yahweh's altar. Then Hezekiah the king arose early, gathered the princes of the city, and went up to Yahweh's house. They brought seven bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, and seven male goats for a sin offering for the kingdom, for the sanctuary, and for Judah. He commanded the priests, the sons of Aaron, to offer them on Yahweh's altar. So they killed the bulls, and the priests received the blood and sprinkled it on the floor. They killed the rams and sprinkled the blood on the altar. They also killed the lambs and sprinkled the blood on the altar. They brought near the male goats for the sin offering before the king and the assembly, and they laid their hands on them. Then the priests killed them, and they made a sin offering with their blood on the altar, to make atonement for all Israel. For the king commanded that the burnt offering and the sin offering should be made for all Israel. He set the Levites in Yahweh's house with cymbals, with stringed instruments, and with harps, according to the commandment of David, of Gad the king's seer, and Nathan the prophet. For the commandment was from Yahweh by his prophet. The Levites stood with David's instruments and the priests with the trumpets. Hezekiah commanded them to offer the burnt offerings on the altar. When the burnt offering began, Yahweh's song also began, along with the trumpets and instruments of David, king of Israel. All the assembly worshipped, the singers sang, and the trumpeters sounded. All this continued until the burnt offering was finished. When they had finished offering, the king and all who were present with him bowed themselves and worshipped. Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princes commanded the Levites to sing praises to Yahweh with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. They sang praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and worshipped. Then Hezekiah answered, Now you have consecrated yourselves to Yahweh. Come near and bring sacrifices and thank offerings into Yahweh's house. The assembly brought in sacrifices and thank offerings, and as many as were a willing heart brought burnt offerings. The number of the burnt offerings which the assembly brought was seventy bulls, one hundred rams and two hundred lambs. All these were a burnt offering to Yahweh. The consecrated things were six hundred head of cattle and three thousand sheep, but the priests were too few so that they could not skin all the burnt offerings. Therefore their brothers, the Levites, helped them until the work was ended, until the priests had sanctified themselves, for the Levites were more upright in heart to sanctify themselves than the priests. Also the burnt offerings were in abundance, with the fat of the peace offerings and with the drink offerings for every burnt offering. So the service of Yahweh's house was set in order. Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced because of that which God had prepared for the people, for the thing was done suddenly. 
Next, we are going into the New Testament. We are in Romans chapter 14, starting in verse 1. Now accept one who is weak in faith, but not for disputes over opinions. One man has faith to eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. Don't let him who eats despise him who doesn't eat. Don't let him who doesn't eat judge him who eats, for God has accepted him. Who are you who judge another servant? To his own Lord he stands or falls. Yes, he will be made to stand, for God has power to make him stand. One man esteems one day as more important. Another esteems every day alike. Let each man be fully assured in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. He who eats, eats to the Lord, for he gives God thanks. He who doesn't eat to the Lord, he doesn't eat and gives God thanks. For none of us lives to himself, and none dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, or if we die, we die to the Lord. If therefore we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died, rose, and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But you, why do you judge your brother? Or you again, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, to me every knee will bow, every tongue will confess to God. So then, each one of us will give account of himself to God. Therefore, let's not judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block in his brother's way or an occasion for falling. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean of itself except that to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if because of food your brother is grieved, you walk no longer in love, don't destroy with your food him for whom Christ died. Then don't let your good be slandered, for God's kingdom is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and a Proved by men. So then, let's follow after things which make for peace, and things by which we may build one another up. Don't overthrow God's work for food's sake. All things indeed are clean. However, it is evil for that man who creates a stumbling block by eating. It is good to not eat meat, drink wine, nor do anything by which your brother stumbles, is offended, or is made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who doesn't judge himself in that which he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because it isn't a faith, and whatever is not a faith is sin. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my good news and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which has been kept secret through long ages, but now is revealed, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the eternal God, is made known for obedience of faith to all the nations, to the only wise God through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. And now we are going back into the Old Testament. We are in Psalm 24, starting in verse 1. The earth is Yahweh's with its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it, for he has founded it on the seas and established it on the floods. Who may ascend to Yahweh's hill, who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive a blessing from Yahweh, righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him 
who seek your face, even Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Who is the King of glory? Yahweh, strong and mighty. Yahweh, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Yes, lift them up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory will come in. Who is the King of glory? Yahweh of armies is the King of glory. Selah. And now we are finishing up with Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12. The hearing ear and the seeing eye Yahweh has made even both of them. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for this time that you've given us together. We thank you that your word is good, your word is true, your word is everlasting and it's alive. And we thank you that you know every person who might listen to this and you know how to speak individually to them from this word that we've read. God, we pray for your healing hand on the hearts of those who have lost some loved ones. Lord, pray for Danny and Imelda as they lost Maria, Imelda's mom. We pray for Penny as she lost her husband, Mike. We pray for Jeff. We pray that he would come back to church after he lost his wife, Diana. And we pray for Terry and Delilah to heal um, when they lost their son. God, we pray for those with cancer. We pray for a healing for their bodies. We pray for you to restore every cell back to its natural state and not mutated cancer cells. We pray for Shirley, for Richard, Calvin, and Lawrence. Pray that you would heal them completely. And we pray that you would protect them from the after effects and side effects of all these treatments and procedures and hocus pocus that they're going to go through and pray that you would uh, save them. Pray that you would heal them. For those with heart disease, for Sue, for Stephanie, Ralph, and George, myself and my dad, pray that you would heal these hearts. Pray that you would um, provide good treatments from good doctors and give the doctors just supernatural perception and ability to do what's needed to make these whole. Pray for those with stroke. Pray for my mom and my sister. Pray for Rudy and Rob and Chris. We thank you that Rob and Chris seem to be healed uh, very apparently, completely. And um, we continue to pray for uh, Rob's Guillain-Barre syndrome. We pray that you would heal all these minds and bodies, that uh, you would make them complete again, their ability to form new memories, their ability to speak with full cognitive ability. We pray for Richard and myself for our tremors that we've had. We pray that the doctors would be able to figure out what's going on. And more than that, we pray for just your healing touch for you to completely restore us. We pray for those with broken bones. Pray for my dad. This uh, broken hip doesn't seem to be healing. And um, pray that you would make him able to walk comfortably and get joy from it. We pray for Larita and her wrist and her hand and her forearm. Pray that you would completely mend and stitch all those bones back together and uh, get all those pins and screws out of there. Pray for Sherry and pray for continued progress with her finger. It's amazing how much her finger has healed. And uh, Lord, we just pray that uh, more people would learn to go thrift shopping right after they break their finger so that uh, they can get healed quicker. Or we pray for um, those relationships that are um, struggling or have let go. Um, We pray for those that are getting divorced. Pray that you would heal their hearts, that you would cause them to make good decisions and not in haste. We pray that you would cause their hearts to be mended. And pray for those that are trying to get back together or fighting each other over getting back together or not getting together. I pray that you would just send a spirit of forgiveness and repentance into that relationship that that would help to heal things. And we pray for McKenna, and her eating disorder, I pray that you would cause her to know that uh, food is not the enemy, it's not wrong, 
It's not a curse. It, it is a blessing. It is something that you provided to us as our bodies have needed it. And we pray that she would know how much you love her and pray for our kids, a few in particular. Lord, I pray that those that have run away from you, that have abandoned faith in you, that formerly were prayer warriors, Lord, I pray that they would abandon the faith in this world, the faith in this fallen world's moral devaluation, and um, pray that they would chase after you, Jesus. I want to pray a special prayer for one in particular who is um, in and out of the hospital from his suicidal attempts. Lord, I pray for evangelists and missionaries as they go out today to speak your word to strangers and to water and to plant. I pray that you would cause them to bear fruit. I pray that you would have a plentiful harvest from the word of God that they share today. Pray for first responders as they go out today and um, they eat breakfast and they, they leave the house and they leave their family and the safety of their home to go out into disaster and danger and fight on our behalf fight the world on our behalf. I pray that you would give them safety and peace. I pray that you would give them perseverance and boldness. And I pray that you would send your armies of angels to protect them. Mm-hmm. I pray your blessings be on their households for everything that they do each day uh, for their communities. And we pray for Israel. We pray, Lord, that Jews worldwide would know who Jesus is, to know that he is Messiah, to know that the their own Torah, the scripture and the manuscripts that they have right in front of them tells them who Jesus is. And we pray that they would see that truth before it's too late. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Who knew that thrift shopping could be so positively therapeutic for broken fingers? I know that's what that was. I know that's what did it. That's just how we Christians do it. <laughs> I think we should start a YouTube channel about that. About thrift shopping for, for physical therapy? Yeah. You never know. Could be a big hit. Could be. Probably not, but could be. <laughs> Maybe on a satire channel. Yes. So I'm thinking that Hezekiah comes into the throne about the time that they had really just violated the temple with idols and probably artwork of, uh, you know, pagan stuff. And Sounds like even the doors weren't functioning because he said he opened the doors of Yahweh's house and repaired them. Almost like it hadn't been used in a while. Yeah. Well, it says it hadn't been used. They hadn't done any sacrificing or anything. So that makes me wonder, did did they just board it up and then just leave it? And did like rats and pests just move in and chew on the showbread? And, mm-hmm. you know, was it over overrun with roaches from not being attended to for, for so long? Yeah, entirely possible. It doesn't say exactly what the uncleanness is, just that they went in and brought out the uncleanness. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool, though. Hezekiah is... He's made a declaration that he wants to be determined and dedicated to God, fix up the temple and get all the utensils ready and let's have a big praise party. Yeah. Yep. Let's get the band back together. (laughs) Was quite the celebration. There were so many things for sacrifice that it was too much for the priests. They had to get all the Levites to cleanse themselves too and help. I find it interesting that the the Levites, okay, so the the priests are typically out of the tribe of Levi. Mm -hmm. Why are the Levites, who aren't priests, more upright than the priests? Because the priests probably didn't keep the house clean in the first place, and it's their job to keep it clean. Right, or they were serving other false gods as priests. 
mm. because God's house was closed. Mm. Yeah. There's another theory to throw out there. Well, the priests are jaded and bitter and they're just doing it out of duty. And the Levites who aren't priests at the time are doing it out of their heart. Yeah. Yeah. Like the priests that would be doing it out of duty, they'd be like, yeah, now you want to come celebrate because the king said so. I've been trying to get you to come over here and do this this whole time. But no, y'all running away and going to those other Baal idols and doing all these stupid things. (laughs) I hear it. Those are the Levites that have been baptized in lemon juice. Yep. So Paul makes this argument about food and about some things being clean and unclean. And his his statement about food, I think, is broader than food. And I think he meant it to be broader than food. Yes, I saw it that way, too. Yep. Food is just a good you know, object lesson because everybody needs it and everybody eats every day. We have the experience you know, the three of us having, you know, eaten keto for a long time. And then we go to a party or a gathering and we're eating in front of other people and people are asking us questions about the food that we eat. And we're then in the position to say why we're eating the way that we eat, Mm -hmm. to which they may agree or disagree or be indifferent. But some people will feel judged by the fact that you are eating a certain way doesn't matter what way you're eating right mm-hmm. and um what he what he is saying is that if you can't do this in love don't you can't do it don't do it because mm-hmm. it, it will cost you that person it will cost you it will cost it will cost that person maybe their their salvation over the legalism of this and and if you're if you eat a certain way because you're a christian right right or a or a mormon or a, a muslim or whatever it is if you eat a certain way it doesn't matter what way and you hope to win that person over for your faith mm-hmm. Uh, food may be the thing that causes you to lose that person for the kingdom of God. And that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to win souls. We're trying to be fishers of men. If, yes. if, um, if you are a, a fisher of men, this is, uh, is going to sound like seeker friendly, but it's not. If you are looking to be a fisher of men, as Jesus says for us to be, mm-hmm. you have to use the right bait. <laughs> and, and, um, and the fish are the ones that, that dictate what that bait is. Mm-hmm. So when I say that, I'm not saying that to be seeker friendly, saying you need to, you know, you need to say things that people like. <laughs> that's not that's not it but you need to speak to them in a way that they can relate right and jesus did that by speaking to farmers in terms of agriculture by speaking to fishermen in terms of fish by speaking to ranchers in terms of livestock yep right that's why we have all the parables mm-hmm. it's not a cookie cutter thing it's not one size fits all because no. no one human is the same all the apostles are different mm-hmm. every one of of them had a different some different characteristic peter is known as the man with foot and mouth disease yes oh yes 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 absolutely judah judas is known as the schemer john is the codependent guy who is um always pointing out how he is the one whom jesus loved and that other guy is is not there's the tax collector uh-huh yeah paul's like string them up go get them yeah paul becomes the vulcan right out of all of them <laughs> there you go so which one is the klingon 
I, I think Peter would be the Klingon because Peter was, was like, today is a very good day to die. <laughs> right. There you go. True. <laughs> he says, it is good not to eat, to not eat meat, drink wine, or do anything by which your, stu- your brother stumbles. And he's, and he's also not saying that the, these things are sin. Correct. But he's saying that this is something that will cause your brother to stumble if he's offended, right? And it doesn't even mm-hmm. say about the food. It just says is offended by which right. anything by which your brother stumbles mm-hmm. is offended or is made weak. If something triggers him because he's he's an addictive personality or he's easily offended because he's um, Catholic, whatever, whatever. Seventh-day Adventist. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can have a conversation or have a fellowship together without offending your your brother or making him weak, then you're the one at fault. Right. Yeah. You go out to dinner with Seventh Day Adventists. You don't. You know, try not to eat meat if you can help it. If you hang out with somebody who's a was an alcohol is an alcoholic but hasn't had to drink in several years, you don't drink in front of them. That's right. I hang out just... with a whole bunch of Seventh Day Adventists when I'm in Portland that Uh are not offended if you eat meat. They just don't. Right. But so if they are, if it makes them stumble, then you think about that. Exactly. Yeah, I actually... I actually went over to a friend's house who is a Seventh-day Adventist, uh-huh. and in their kitchen, we cooked two pizzas. We cooked two different pizzas, actually three. One of them was a vegan pizza, mm-hmm. and one of them was a cauliflower crust pizza, which was keto, mm-hmm. and another one was a fathead pizza. We cooked oh. three, three different pizzas, and the, the cauliflower crust and the fathead pizza were not vegetarian or vegan. The Seventh-day Adventists are not vegan, but they are vegetarian. Right. And they were not offended by it. We're in there cutting up meat and and doing all the stuff mm-hmm. in their in their kitchen. They were not offended by it. So that's an example of where, you know, everybody can still eat together and enjoy a meal together and not be oh, offended yeah. by each other and not be made weak by each other. But if you can't Absolutely. do that, it's on you, the Christian, to to tread lightly and be gentle on their heart. Right. So I'm gonna take and put a broad, broad brush on this, like apply a super broad brush because it's still mm-hmm. fresh in our memories, okay? Everybody getting hyper offended by whether you did or didn't wear a mask. Everybody getting hyper offended as to whether you spoke well or spoke badly. It's just on both sides. Oh, yeah. Both sides, okay? Whether you spoke spoke well or spoke badly of the vaccines, people losing friendships over something that is not salvational, something that is not, it's not essential for, for you to have a friendship and a loving relationship with a person and losing friendships over speaking sometimes too boldly about sure. whatever it is that you feel about the thing and, yeah. and ignoring this. I'm, sure. I'm just going to use that and paint a really broad brush across everybody, everybody that I know. And, and everybody, including me, and I don't know me very well, but I know me. And I know that I did as well. So, yes, I think we all did to some degree. Mm-hmm. I say that because it's fresh in our minds. I say that mm-hmm. because I think it needs to be said. If you can't say these things in love, if you can't behave in a way that doesn't uh, that doesn't offend your friends. And I, and I don't mean that you shouldn't you, you should never say anything going to offend anybody. Check your heart before you say it. Yes. Seriously. Why are you saying it? What's the purpose? Is it because you're truly concerned and you think the choices 
dangerous or unhealthy and you care about them? Or is it just because you want to be right and have some sort of agenda? And sometimes when you, even when you know that you're correct, right, and you have it verified or whatever, mm-hmm. even when you know that you're correct, you will throw it around flagrantly, deliberately to offend people. Right. Because you know it's going to trigger somebody. Mm-hmm. All saying don't do that. Correct. Choose your words wise. Well, what's your game plan today, Sherry? I don't have anything really specific at this point. Some cleaning around the house as I'm able. I may or may not have to take my daughter to jujitsu tonight because Andy is unsure of his work schedule. And as soon as I'm off, I have to go grab something out for dinner because I forgot to do that this morning. Something out of the freezer. And work probably work on his business business paperwork a little bit so we can get the taxes in. How about you? We should take Scruffy somewhere because she is bored out of her school. Mm, Probably a really good idea. Again, the first dog that I've ever had that tells us how boring we are. (laughs) (laughs) She is very vocal. Yesterday, she sat on the couch right next to me and just kind of put her face like right here, right? And I'm sitting there playing Dr. Mario and her face is like right here. (laughs) And she's looking at me with these big buggy eyes and goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, he, and I'm like, well, I don't know what, I don't, yeah, use your words, you know? <laughs> she is, she's a dog. So I have a chiropractic appointment at around two and um, everything else kind of has to kind of fall around that. And that's about it. Maybe we'll go see a movie. Maybe we'll go see a Mission Impossible movie. Oh, I was thinking about that. That would be fun. <clears throat> have you seen all of them? At least once. <laughs> we only have Fallout to see next to complete watching a wall in order again. Okay. Yeah, that one's still pretty fresh in my mind now. Yeah, cool. And I might do some video editing at some point, but I have to. I have a feeling that my back is going to have some objections right after chiropractic. Probably. Which is why the movie's questionable, because, you know. You'd be sitting for two hours minimum. Yeah, but you're sitting in a very supportive, comfortable chair. (laughs) Yeah, as long as you're okay. Then is that one of the recliner ones? Oh, we could get one of those. We could do that. That Yeah, because I have I have my free IMAX pass for my birthday. That today would be the last day to use it. We could splurge a little and do that because you have pass for one, right? Yeah, so it still costs more just for you, but yeah, but it'd be worth it to me to be comfortable. Yeah. Bring a fresh ice not. pack. Yep. Yeah. And we only have to pay for one. So there's... Yeah. There you go. Yep. So that's the game plan. Today is a day off and I'm trying not to work too much. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us. God bless you. Thank you, Sherry, for joining us and uh, Julie for setting up shop in the bedroom there. We have a um, pretty nice setup now. All right, you guys. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day and we'll see you again tomorrow around 10-ish or so-ish live right here in the Jitsi and then later on in the day on the podcast. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye.